Uh, did you do? Did you do Spotify Wrapped? Yeah, yeah. It's I actually really look forward to that every year. Yeah, it is nice stats. We do like stats, so I I really enjoy the stats. What did you? Who was your number one artist? Jesus, I d- my number one artist of the decade was a a band called Magruder Grind from <laughs> <laughs> from Brooklyn, New York. They're a grindcore band. Um, I actually one year was w- w- in the top one percent of Magruder Grind listeners in the world. Um, that's nice. Yeah, I d- I think I don't think that's a, that impressive. I think. When you sent me yours, I actually didn't know a single band from your top one except Kanye West, who has appeared. Because I remember your Spotify rap from a couple of years ago, and you've had Kanye in the top five nearly the last three years, I think. Yeah, I think I think the decade, I think the Kanye West was more from previous years than it was from this year. Okay. You know what I mean? Because it was the decade one. This year, ah. I actually can't remember. Who was in the top? I don't know. I've had Spotify from 2014 now, I think it is. And mm. I've had Thin Lizzy in my top five every single year it's a <laughs> stupid like validating like self-validation thing though i feel like when you listen to a lot of a band and you love them and then you're like oh i can't wait to look at my spotify rap yeah. and then you see them in there and you're like ah yeah but you never have any are. stinkers i think yours are pretty i have some stinkers sometimes well, where i'm kind of like oh that's not fair i don't i didn't listen to that person that much i had i had some stinkers in there and i was like fuck man i don't i don't i need to watch what i'm listening <laughs> to <laughs> Well, my most listened genre of the last 10 years was pop rap. So I feel like yeah, that's kind of a stinker. That's true. Yeah, like, it's a little stinky. E- Emer had a weird thing. It, it said, like, you listen to a lot of artists this year, but you particularly vibed with Weezer. You listen to over, like, <laughs> X amount of hours of Weezer. And she said she has no recollection of listening to them. I know, ever. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had the same thing where I there's this band called Big Thief who I saw live and had never heard about them before. I saw them live in... I think fuck. I think it was August or something like that. Mm. And I feel like I listened to their band, their their album. They had a good album. I listened to like three times or four times, mm. and they were my number four artist. I couldn't understand that. Yeah, I don't and know. I felt like the stats were wrong, <laughs> or they cheated me. I feel like people <laughs> always, uh, always complain. Like you always hear people complaining that it's wrong, but maybe they just. I feel like Amor's probably been listening to some Weezer and yeah, she just yeah. doesn't want to admit I've it. I've probably just been listening to a lot of Big Thief. <laughs> I saw a funny a funny stat, like tweet today of someone being like, also, uh, like a girl on my Instagram just posted saying, uh, or she just posted her, her Spotify wrapped and wrote, OMG, so accurate. And he's like, of course it's accurate. It's just data. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, Oh my God, this is so me. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. it is. How you. did they know? Like, <laughs> how did they know this? It's not a meme that you see. You go, that's, it's not observational comedy. How did they know? Yeah, That's yeah. Data from your personal use. Um, here, another topical thing that I wanted to get your opinion on. Mm-hmm. What do you make of the Baby Yoda? Okay, I had to Google what Baby Yoda was because there were so many memes going on about it. Mm. And I was like, what is Baby Yoda? Is it some toy or something like that? But it's from... The series, the Star Wars series that's being made called The Marillion or something The like Mandalorian. That? The Mandalorian. Mm. Um, and I just saw some clips. Looks real cute. I saw a YouTube video with all the clips of The Mandalorian. Mm. And it has this little baby Yoda. Looks real cute. Yeah. Uh, but it. I have no understanding what, what, uh, what it's about. Is it Yoda when he was like a kid and he's like some master force bender? My understanding is like it's, a, it's, a, it's like a, a, a species of alien that like ages really really slow so he's like 30 years old but he's still like a baby but because they live for for centuries he's still in very early Wait, it's not yoda i don't think i have never seen the show oh, okay. but i don't think it's yoda i just like the memes like i just yeah. i'm i fully bought into it like i'm fully <laughs> i'm fully what's the meme i don't really understand the meme to be it's honest. just baby yoda like doing very i guess it's just because he's kind of cute like and it's okay. just like his reaction to stuff how he's looking at things and it's like yeah it's like you know, this is you when you're, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what me. I don't, I'm not explaining what Bought memes are it. like. Yeah. No, it's he's good. a cute little, cute little. He's cute. Creature. I like him. Yeah. He looks like uh he looks like um Gizmo from Gremlins. Oh yeah, he does. Looks like a little Gremlin, little Gremlin toy. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I I saw him around. And the noises he makes are real cute, and the movements <laughs> and big eyes and big ears. It's a cute little thing. Would you have any interest in seeing that show? Oh. I would be a pretty big Star Wars fan, but I haven't seen the last Star you Wars. You would be? No, no, no. I would be a pretty big Star Wars fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but I haven't seen the last Star Wars. It's the same thing where I actually watched the first Star Wars of the new Disney remakes. And I was like, that's fucking class. Can't wait to mm-hmm. see it. And then a month later, I was like, God, I don't really remember anything about it. 
And yeah. then the next time came around and I was like, oh, okay, I'll see the next film out of Judy or something. See it again. And it's like uh, chocolate or something. You enjoy it in the moment. Mm. But then, I don't know, it doesn't feel like it has any lasting effects or the plots feel maybe a bit thin or it really is very much copying the old stuff. Mm. Um, it feels very superficial or something. And I guess I, I, uh, I definitely wouldn't watch this show, The Mandalorian, but the whole Star Wars reboot, I've just become kind of cynical about. Mm. Um, you, would you be into Star Wars at all? I haven't watched like any of them since the one with like Jar Jar Binks was in the cinema. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did. I did see watch like the very like real world time, the first one that ever was released. Mm-hmm. Um, like relatively recently, and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. That's I like fantastic. this. Yeah, it's really good. But yeah. uh, I feel I keep saying to myself that one day I'll watch them all chronologically and just mm. give it a proper shot. But yeah. it's kind of a big undertaking. I feel like it. It's. Star Wars is brilliant. The, I heard an interview with a guy who worked on Star Wars and he was really honest and he was saying how Lucas is an amazing writer and an amazing world creator, but he's t- apparently a terrible director. And uh, if you look at all the original Star Wars, he actually didn't direct any of them. He might have directed one of them, but mm. most of them were just, he wrote the scripts <coughs> and he had no interest in directing them. But <coughs> the uh, episode one, two, and three were all his... his uh, his direction and they you know i love jar jar binks i was a kid like what yeah. is cooler than some sort of fucking weird duck you know jumpy floppy guy who talks in a jamaican accent it was fucking class <laughs> for, <laughs> for, a, for a six-year-old it's class but uh when you look at it when you're kind of 21 you're sort of like ah jesus but i still love the one two and three but 20 what 21 sorry you say when you look at when you're 21 21 years later t- I, th- oh, right. I, I was no. like you're, <coughs> you're not 21 man. I'm not, now that i'm 21 um, <laughs> Star Wars in the bin, yeah. Star Wars is getting put in the bin. Yeah, well, the new ones, not for me. I you should watch the trailer for that show though. It's it's. Uh, I I kind of yeah. I saw, I heard about it and I was like, oh whatever. Like I'll take the memes, but I'll leave like the rest of it. But then I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, looks, looks pretty good. Yeah. Mm. Um. Anyway, from from lightsabers to lighthouses. Oh, fucking oh. hell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The first film that Jesus we're going to... Jesus Christ. Yeah, how, I've actually been thinking about that one the whole time. <laughs> the uh, the first film that we're going to review this week I saw um, was The Lighthouse, the new Robert Eggers film uh, from the director of The Witch, which came out a few years ago. Um, I saw it in Berlin. For once, Berlin had something out considerably earlier than Ireland, so I was lucky to, to yeah. catch this one in the cinema. So here's what I thought of it. So, just saw The Lighthouse, uh, new Robert Eggers film, the guy who directed The Witch, um, obviously A24, so bloody good. It's just Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe locked in a lighthouse, going mad, and it's fucking, it's just so good. Like, Willem Dafoe is just so, so, so good. He's got, like, a weird kind of Irish, like, like I don't know what that accent is. It's like Irish, but also like kind of nearly like a pirate accent, I guess, or like just like a, a, a the accent, the accent of the sea. And uh, yeah, man, it's such a good movie. Like, it, I actually feel like individual scenes, like rat, like it's one of those ones where like individual scenes or shots and stuff. I kind of liked more than the thing as a whole. I don't, I don't I know that sounds weird, but like, it's like each each thing that happened or each interaction between them and stuff I just like really liked it but I don't yeah I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say here but just it was really really good and funny and it was like really harsh as well like it was super the whole like there's like a foghorn going off for like most of the film just in the background and really loud and creaky sounds and like everything's real wet the whole time like just they're always like soaking wet and just going like ugh and drinking they're always like just drinking whiskey out of the bottle so you're just like oh god their life just looks so like rubbish and like there's just such horrible like tension between them but it's like so funny and just so like yeah well like i actually found robert pattinson i think i was a bit um after that film the king and his his dodgy accent i was nearly judging him more harshly in this film and his accent was a bit dodgy like it definitely wasn't consistent at times he was kind of like a boston uh kind of like had like a thick boston accent and then at times it was like a 
more like an English accent, I guess. And I don't know if I wouldn't have noticed that if I hadn't been so harsh in his accent in that other movie. But he was good. But like the film was just about Willem Dafoe. Like Willem Dafoe is just so good. And the the aspect ratio. I don't really know anything about aspect ratios, but the film was like a square. Like it was nearly a perfectly square screen just in the center. Um, so it really had the feel and look of like a super old, old film. Um, but yeah, it was. It was so good. I'd say you'd love it. It's just really, really good. Really good. Yeah, loved it. Really, like, have you seen the trailer for it? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's like that. What is that? I think that's a. That's, so the, the pirate accent, and I looked on, you know, Kiora, Kiora, yeah, Kiora. Kiora, yeah. I looked up why, because I noticed it a while ago. Why pirate accents sound Irish, and actually, it's because pirate accents come from Bristol, because Bristol was a huge pirate port. And oh. I think some of the early pirate movies that were made, they got guys from Bristol to do the pirate accent. And uh, and then Bristol accents actually just sounds very similar to Irish, but it's actually kind of a Bristolish accent, okay. which uh, it's obviously on the west coast of England, which is close to Ireland. So mm. it would have been a lot of training, trading ports. And that's why they, they kind of sound Irish. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. Pirates. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, it's um, yeah. What? So that's, that's how, that's, that's, that's kind of how Willem Dafoe speaks to the whole thing. And it is very, like, at times it's super Irish sounding. And then I guess one of the problems is at times I was like, oh, his accent's bad now. But then I was like, oh, it's actually just not an Irish accent. It's <laughs> something else. But, yeah, the film was so good. Like, it really, they nailed it. Like, that whole thing about the aspect ratio where it was a square, mm-hmm. would that be something, like, that typical of a, an old movie? Like It was, yeah. That's I think uh, the, the early film or early cinema was, was uh, I think, one by one like aspect ratio mm. and then um and then they use it on tv it was a big tv thing if you look at old sitcoms most of them will be also be in that kind of uh aspect ratio mm. so i think it's it's an old it's an old thing it just feels nostalgic yeah it was cool at first it was weird because obviously the cinema screen is so big mm. and then everything's pushed in the center but then it was used in a cool way in that i guess I'm only kind of thinking of this now, but because they're on a really small island in a lighthouse, it's it's there's not that much space and there's two men. It's kind of very claustrophobic and having everything kind of pressed into the middle of the screen like that, you really feel like everything's really like, like really just, <laughs> there's not a lot of space in the film and everywhere's really cluttered. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And I even like that. they're showing like their whole bedroom is just two beds side by side, but because it's squashed into this little square in the middle, it really feels like really... <laughs> really small i guess that might be um i haven't seen the film but lighthouses are notoriously claustrophobic because mm. they have thin walls i wonder if they use the kind of claustrophobic feel of a one by one ratio yeah uh, to do that but i was just on the plot is it just i guess is it just them going mad in a lighthouse or is there it's any kind of essentially yeah like the, the whole plot is just uh, obviously there's more to it than this but um willem dafoe is like a a seasoned wiki, I think is the word they use for a lighthouse keeper. So he's he's done this for many years. And then I think it's uh, Robert Pattinson's character's first time doing it. So Got he's it. coming and Willem Dafoe is very set in his ways. He's a real taskmaster. He's really like always saying jobs aren't done right and stuff like that. And they're yeah. constantly getting on each other's nerves. And it's just how their relationship develops in this way in this super claustrophobic mm. space. And they're just both <laughs> like Robert Pattinson's nearly like quite a quiet, slightly maybe mysterious character and Willem Dafoe is just really grumpy funny like just like mm. kind of angry guy and yeah it's just so good like seeing how they they yeah. grade off each other and stuff like that it's it's so and it's so uh yeah it's so funny but in a weird way like it's not like there's jokes just like the way they're reacting <laughs> to stuff and the way they're grinding off each other and stuff is just it's so good like, yeah the really lighthouse man is uh is a nos- it's it, what is it? it's kind of like a romantic figure we all have in our heads, we all know the lighthouse man, kind of like the lonely person, and and uh, mm. it's in our heads, like the lighthouse person. But what I imagine is like you have this uh, guy who's just spent a long time by himself mm. and has probably gone mad because of it, or is socially mental. Mm. And you have a guy who's probably, I mean, it takes a weird person to choose to be a lighthouse yeah. because you have to be totally socially, you know, you don't want to spend any time with anyone. Yeah, it's a lonely job. Exactly. Why is that? Why is the light? Why is it? Can they not have two people work, but five or six people working there? Yeah. Why is it such a lonely I job? I guess just not a lot to do. Like, you just have to switch the light on, you know? 
Turn it on, turn it off. Yeah, do on they it goes. Have automation anymore. Uh, they do now, unfortunately. Like, like the film, it's it's not set in 2019. Like I think okay. it's set quite a long time ago. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> but it it does a cool thing as well, where you're kind of like, as it goes on, as they're both getting annoyed and stuff's happening, you're kind of like questioning what you're seeing. You're like, is this happening? What's going on? And then there's also an element of like whose perspective am i seeing this from robert pattinson's perspective because ah. as they get annoyed at each other you're seeing things happening and you're like oh he's he's being bad here or mm. he's being bad here and then you're like oh i don't know because because the film's kind of just showing it it's kind of like giving you a taste of each perspective yeah, yeah, on yeah. the arguments like, and stuff and you're kind of like that. i don't really know who's bad and you're just like <laughs> i don't know who's who's the good guy and who's the bad guy here they're both just like and they let you make it up yeah and i guess it's an interesting way to portray like a situation like that where i suppose in reality neither of them are good or bad it's just two people getting pissed off at each other but <laughs> in close quarters yeah but it's very easy to to in the moment you know take sides or be like oh he's actually the fucked up one <laughs> or whatever and what's uh what's robert patterson's What's his accent? Can you do an impression? He's for like the radio audience. Y- yeah, I used to. Hold on, let me. Boston, Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I used to. I used to chop. I used to work in the. F- I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> he's basically like he's largely a Boston, like thick Boston accent. Boston, okay. Boston. And but th- what's the jury? I mean, after the film we reviewed last week was or last time was the king mm-hmm. and uh pattinson gives it a, you know i think now famously bad performance yes. in it you um, have a tiny cook yeah you have a tiny little cook with a little i'm a you're a little piece of poo yeah with a little <laughs> frenchman okay he gives a very bad performance as a french person mm. um he plays the role of french person yeah and um <laughs> uh and i was kind of like oh is he a good actor is he a bad actor but he's I mean, I think he is, he probably is quite a, a good yeah. actor. I mean, he's he's brought himself back into the good books with this one. Part of me, yeah, part of me was like, I kind of just wish he was speaking in his normal accent, though. I think, I th- but as I said in my review, like, I think I was kind of hypersensitive to his accent just based on, like, one of the last films I'd seen. He had such an atrocious accent, but he uh, he definitely was a good actor. I was saying, like, the whole thing, like, Willem Dafoe's character is just so, like... Uh, as I've said before on this, like I love Willem Dafoe. I think he's, he's brilliant. He's a show favorite, Willem yeah. Dafoe. But, uh, and this role is really like him really going for it. Like I'd say he had a real good time doing this role. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> just getting to speak in that voice the whole time. But Robert Pattinson, as I was saying to Emer afterwards, I went to see it with, with Emer. Um, I feel like if they replaced Robert Pattinson with someone else, the film wouldn't have been so different like okay, okay. whereas it if they Defoe. replaced Willem Dafoe with someone else it would have been like it just wouldn't have been the same movie yeah. like I and don't com- know yeah and coming from someone who is a, an absolute ultra fan of Willem Dafoe that means a lot yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Or, or it means absolutely nothing yeah. <laughs> it's no uh, 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 I I uh, I like Robert Pattinson, Pattinson we gave him shit on the last podcast because he gave it the shit performance but mm. um, I do like him what well, everyone is saying like oh Robert Pattinson is he's you know he's changed his uh, his appearance since Twilight and all this stuff, but like, what apart from High Life, this and The King? What else has he been in that everyone's he ranting was in, and raving um, about? I think I think the first performance after Twilight that he gave, where people were like, "Oh, this is a serious actor," was um, like Searching for Elephants or Water for Elephants or something like that, a film about circus. And everyone's like, "Oh, he's a serious actor," but that was a very kind of safe drama film. Mm. And then he went on this. And I think he's still on that um, kind of bender of doing independent, odd films. And mm. that's kind of, I think people like that because he uh, he comes from such a bi- a background of commercial heartthrob, Hollywood heartthrob. And now mm. he's doing kind of weird films where he's playing weird characters. Mm. So uh, I, I do like him for that. He chooses odd films it and shaves his head and is weird. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a weird thing though. I guess that must be real pressure as an actor. If you're, you're like, you know, you're in Twilight or you're in... He's in Harry Potter, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If you're in Harry Potter and Twilight and shit, and you're like, oh, I'm going to go and do indie films now. Yeah. It's kind of... You kind of have to do really good job. Yeah. Like, if you're like, oh, I'm going to do indie films now, and then you're in them and you, they're just shite. Like, it's yeah. it's kind of like, oh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, maybe you should just, like, quit or go back to doing, go back to doing the crap films. <laughs> you know who... Um, 
also can go the other way in in a way. You can go both ways. Yeah, with with uh, our boy from Marriage Story, he kind of started on the. He's pure indie film, isn't he? Um, but he's now gone the other way around. Where we he's have moved to say his name, but I can't. His name's not coming. I to can't mind. Adam Driver. Yeah, I was hoping you'd you'd be able to fill that in. I couldn't fucking remember. Would have been much more seamless. But he started on kind of smaller movies, and now he's in bloody Star Wars. Like that's true. Yeah. So Adam Driver is in Marriage Story, which is the film that I went to see uh, this week. Noah Baumbach's new film. Um, but yeah, he yeah he started in independent films. It then got some big fucking roles, some he big in, time roles. He was in Girls too. I kind of that's how I, you know when you see someone in like for the first time in a TV show or something, and like it's like yeah. everyone in Friends, and then they're just forever. He like they're just that to me. Adam, Adam Driver's like almost his entire film career, bar Star Wars, he could almost not just be playing like the same character, but they almost all those films seem to be in the exact same world. And uh, in that world, it could literally be the same guy. Mm. You know, going from Girls, going even to this film in, in, in uh, Marriage Story, and there's also a film, uh, While We're Young, uh, by Noah Baumbach as well. They all are like, some guy who loves New York, who's from Brooklyn, who's in mm. the arts, who makes films or theater or something like that, and is kind of a dick. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and is charming and cool and artsy, but is kind of a dick. Yeah. And is hipstery. And that's, I mean, he does it well, but... Um, I mean, I guess I should play the review because I think I touch on some of this uh, in the review. But yeah, like he, he he literally seems like he could be the same person in every single film, mm. like a James Bond kind of guy, but indie films. Yeah, <laughs> the indie Bond. <laughs> Go on, whack it on there, killer. Hey, just saw uh, Marriage Story by Noah Baumbach with Scarlett Johansson and uh, Adam Driver as uh, a couple. Uh, a New York couple who are going through a divorce. It's, um, yeah, I thought it was really good. It was nice. There's some funny scenes, some emotional scenes. Um, he kind of nails the divorce thing. There's there's these two um, asshole LA lawyers that are uh, really, one of them's played by Ray Liotta, and uh, they, it, they're very funny characters. They just, I think acting as an asshole lawyer would be a very good, very fun role to play. <laughs> um, uh, it's like the, these lawyers come in and they just seem the, the, the situation is very kind of it's amicable and then the lawyers just bring everything from one to ten in like foot in the seconds and they get that legal jargon down where he's like oh we're not going to go to court and he's like okay but if we go to court and they just it's I don't know there's all these loopholes and you have to watch it it's pretty pretty good um yeah like Noah Baumbach he's done a good run of films and he uh yeah he's got great dialogue he's even still like be obsessed with divorces um, uh, Squid in the Whale was one of his earlier ones that, that's about a divorce and I think while we were young was also kind of not a divorce but close to it and then um, and this one I think is actually about his own divorce so seems to like divorce he he's a, must be a bit of an expert because he nails it in this one uh, the old divorce <laughs> but yeah as a film I think there was one or two scenes that could have been cut there was one scene where the first time she meets her lawyer it's just like, I don't know, honestly, I think the scene is about 10 to 12 minutes long and it could have been like four minutes. I don't know why it was so long and I actually lost interest, but it pulled it back in halfway. I think that this from the, the first third is a little weak and then it really picks up from the second two thirds of the film. Really enjoyed it. Um, maybe you should check it out, though I'm not sure it's something that you'd like. I'd say uh, in hindsight, I liked that film a lot more than I sound like I liked it. Mm. Uh, the performances were all quite good. Again, Adam Driver doesn't... There were some scenes where he really didn't get there for me or it felt a little, like, superficial or something or mm -hmm. he's just he's just been typecast too much. But uh, overall, that film was really, really well written, really well uh, made. I think the story was really clever and really delicate. And it's very easy, I think, for indie filmmakers to go for a... I don't know, for a kind of depressing edge to mm -hmm. everything, to kind of go for a more life is miserable... And it's really brave to try and uh, paint a kind of more heartwarming image out of, uh, you know, kind of depressing circumstances. Mm. And I think Baumbach tries to do that in this film. And I, I commend him for it. It's, c it's a cool thing to do. Because mm. uh, I think maybe making a sad film it might sometimes be easier than making a happy film. Um, yeah. So I'm, 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 I really enjoyed it. I think you should, everyone should check it out. Yeah. I, so uh, 
is it like is it because i kind of saw this and i was like oh, i want to see it but then i think it might just be like kind of depressing and maybe i just don't want to don't want to watch it no it's not it, it, there are some sad moments but what's what's i guess it it it's really clever in how um i mean the characters it, it's so complex mm-hmm. the characters don't mash mesh and uh or do they there's moments of tenderness and then there's moments of you know absolute pure hate mm-hmm. uh, like unbridled pure hate and uh and they go between these two things and i guess it's like marriage in a way and and it's called marriage story but obviously it's about a divorce so there's that kind of oxymoron going on but the way he manages to show the complexity uh of like how you can maybe like go right up to someone's nose and say like i want you to fucking die and then in the space of 30 seconds be hugging each other and crying and kind of loving each other Mm. like that's kind of he does that really really well yeah um so i mean it's it it, he nails that Mm -hmm. i I mean i as i said i think he really understands divorce i'm 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 must be sure his parents must have divorced and he definitely divorced yeah so i don't know Lots of experience i think he has uh. experience in the in the in the area of divorce and is the film <laughs> is the film uh are they married like is it kind of like they're together and then after a while they get a divorce or is it kind of from it's, the get-go it's, 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 it's divorce um, times it's really well done i don't want to ruin it for you to be honest so don't. um the way it's constructed from the first 15 minutes is really clever it's mm. really really clever how it brings you in mm-hmm. and then um and then it and then it's just kind of them uh, coming apart and how and how that's working and for the first while you think she's terrible and then the second while you think he's terrible mm. and then she's terrible and then you know how these movies are Which usually the guy's a total like fucking asshole um but yeah as I, when you were <laughs> talking about the lighthouse uh it was it was really well done in that, you, you know, the perspectives are shifting and mm-hmm. you're so, it, it, it does it in, I, I don't know if you've read the new uh, Sally Rooney book, but... Uh, What's it, which one? It's called Normal People. It's yeah, just I over did there on the desk that, over yeah. there. But the way she writes that book is that one chapter is one from one, um, one person in a relationship's perspective and then the next chapter is from another person in the relationship's perspective. <laughs> is and it? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it's really cleverly done and uh, this sh- uh, film does follows the same style where you spend... Uh, I don't know, 15 minutes with one of the people mm. and uh, one of the people in the relationship and then you swap over to the other guy. And each time you're in their different worlds, you're kind of sympathizing with them and empathizing with them, which is natural. And it's it's really clever to do that way mm. because, you know, you're like, oh God, she's such a bitch. She wouldn't let him uh, bring the kid out on Halloween. And then in the other one, you're like, he's such a dick. He's getting drunk when he should be hanging out with the... And it's... Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You really understand the plot. Yeah, uh, there's two, well. two sides. The... um. Scarlett Johansson's kind of a weird one, isn't she? Like, w- 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 in terms of her, yeah. Where does she stand in? in she's, um, like, she she's an absolute magnet. Like, it's it's incredible watching her on screen. She's so, ah, she's just like you watch her and she just draws your eyes in, and uh, you feel so much uh, of what she's kind of acting. It's it's she's a really incredible actor. But, but um, she, she seems to be able to star in like anything. Yeah, it's it's amazing. <laughs> she. Uh, She's. I mean, I think she was definitely the much stronger performance. Um, I don't know. There's just she. She displayed such an array of emotions, mm. and you're. You're. I don't know. She has that amazing thing that only a few actors have, where you kind of feel what she's feeling. Um, she can just display it in such a way that you actually feel like awful when she's feeling awful, yeah. and then when she's happy, you're just like delighted for her. And uh, it's a very, it's a very unique ability. But she's, she's one of the. I mean, I think she's an amazing actor. It sounds yeah, because when you when you first well, I had read about this movie and people were saying it's amazing. Like people were saying, oh, ten out of ten, and it's like yeah. Obama's best film and stuff. So when you sent me the voice message, I was a bit like, oh, like Killian didn't seem to think it was as good as I I was expecting him yeah. to think it was. But the, it sounds like you're kind of going back on that now. A bit. No, I I think there are some there like on just some trivial errors, but they were pretty bad. Was like some scenes were like genuinely. There's a scene where she first meets the lawyer and it's. 10 minutes too long mm. and that's long that's a long time to be spending watching a scene going why is this still happening yeah and uh, there was two or three times that happened and then also the relationship was was interesting but for the duration of like i don't know a two-hour film you kind of get a bit tired of it yeah the saving grace was definitely and we haven't really talked about it was definitely the two lawyers i mean they were what made the movie really? these two lawyers the divorce lawyers who were one is ray liotta i don't know who the other person is and they are just so funny i really? mean 
absolutely hilarious. And then he kind of has a bumbling lawyer who's kind of <laughs> i don't know it's just the legality the legal terms and everything like yeah, that. yeah they're so funny i mean law makes everything fucking mental yeah yeah it yeah really absolutely <laughs> yeah it sounds good i'll have to check it out like are, do you think do you think they're intentional comic relief or it's more just oh yeah they're like they're written into that with expertise it was really well done yeah cool um very very good film yeah sounds good okay uh the next film though i mean i guess some people say that that uh that lawyers are parasites, but the only parasite I know about at the moment is uh, is the film that you went to see, which is Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> you just do them. Yeah. Just you do them and don't leave me. Because I could see you looking at me there saying, go on, try a link. I like that Try one. a link. And I then I'm it. just standing there going, I can't, I can't figure this out. Yeah. No, that was a good one. I like that oh, one. Thank you. I think it was as good as From Lightsabers to Lighthouses. No, it wasn't. From <laughs> Lightsabers to Lighthouses is the title of this podcast, the title of our first book together, and uh, <laughs> and also the title of, of, of I don't know, so a new ha- constitution. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Parasite, the new film by Bong Joon-ho, I think the name is. I could have that wrong, but I think that's it. Um, yeah, I saw it in the... Uh, oh, I saw it with Owen, actually, a couple of weeks ago. And okay. here's Here's what I thought. So I just watched Parasite, new um, Korean film by the same director as uh, The Host and Snowpiercer and Ocha, Ocha, and yeah, it was uh, it was really good. It was fucking yeah, loved it. I, it was it was interesting because I didn't really know what it was about. I just knew the vague premise of like someone maybe like pretending to be a teacher or something and that was all i knew um i didn't really even know what genre it was like if it was kind of like supposed to be funny or whatever so i kind of had to figure it out as i was going as i was going and man it was just such a weird film like it was so funny at times i was laughing so much but also just so strange and such a good story it's actually similar to shoplifters in in a lot of ways in that like um it's like a family and they're all very close but they're they're living as as you kind of said outside of the the bounds of of society and they have to find their own way to kind of get by um be it legal or otherwise um and yeah it was just so good like it, this the story was so bizarre and i kept thinking i kept thinking the full story had developed or I kept thinking I'd, I'd got a grip on on what the film was or what could potentially happen you know what I mean without consciously thinking of the ending I kind of thought I knew where I was in, in the movie and then more things had happened and I was like whoa I had no idea no idea where where I'm gonna end up with this but it was it was uh yeah so good and so funny and just yeah really really amazing movie you should you should definitely check it out yeah very good why do you think it's called parasite uh it's called parasite well so the the premise of the film like very loosely is like a family who are down and and down and out and they they you know you, 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 they have issues with money and stuff and then the son pretends to uh he gets an opportunity to to become an English teacher. So he pretends that he has these qualifications in teaching English Mm. and gets in with a rich family Mm. um, and then starts teaching English to their kid. I think he actually seems to be quite good at teaching English. Mm. Um, But I think the name Parasite comes from the fact that he is like feeding off the rich family. He's like, he's like going in and they think he's something he's not and he's kind of taking money from them and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's such a good film. It's really like, it's one of the as I said, like you never know. I felt like I never knew where I was, or I felt like I mm. understood the universe over to the realm yeah. of it and what was going on. And then stuff would happen, and I'd be like, "Whoa, that was like wasn't <laughs> expecting that at all." And I think sometimes that can be really bad. Like I think yeah. sometimes with films, when there's when the when things change too much, I'm, I it can actually just turn me off completely, and I'm like, oh. Like I, I'm, I'm done with this now. Mm. But this one did it in a way that kept me kind of going because there's also an element of like they'd set up a situation, and you'd be like, "This is an interesting situation," but 
I don't see how it's going to develop into a story. Yeah. And then stuff would happen and you'd be like, oh, okay, cool. That's so hard to do as well. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason most films don't do not do that or don't successfully do that. Yeah. And it's it's, it's such a difficult thing to do. Um, where Where is it set? Where's the film from? Set in Korea. Like, it's in... It's all in... Um, <coughs> in korean so like we watched it with subtitles it's kind of funny though because from what i understood from it maybe it's kind of trendy or cool for rich people in korea to throw english phrases into things they say because the 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 kind of poorer family don't do it but the rich family when they're talking occasionally they're like because they're really exaggerated rich people and they're super trendy and kind of curious and they kind of they throw in like english phrases here and there which is kind of funny (laughs) um but yeah it's it's the whole setup of it's really good it was also cool to watch a film that i didn't know anything about it even though it wouldn't have mattered if someone explained the plot because it goes so many different ways yeah yeah, yeah. and i think this director he from his movies it's weird because and i think like a lot of korean films that i've seen the genres are a lot more fluid kind of definitely you know know what i mean like definitely there was bits in it where it would be serious and then I'd be like, oh, this is actually kind of scary. And yeah. then it would be like, like humor is blended yeah, in in yeah. a weird way and just things happen in a yeah, different yeah. way. And it's really cool and interesting. It kind of keeps you really like... And then well, mental stuff always happens. I don't yeah. know, in Korean films, like I've seen, there's always just outlandish things happening where I go, I thought this was like a crime film. Yeah. Um, and then you're like, but this is ludicrous. Or yeah. Something like that. Or just really absurd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I definitely think that, that y- you touched on something with, like, the meshing of the genres. Or it's not like they're mixing genres. It's that they don't really seem to have much of a regard for them. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, like exactly. What you don't need to ha- You can have a joke in a serious film and in a, maybe a film about social issues. You can also have a lot of humor and absurdity or s- sort of mad plots or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd love to check it out. It sounds amazing. Uh, what did you think of Okja? That's the other one that this uh, director made. I, I liked Okja. Yeah. I thought it was like you are vegan though, so I am. But <laughs> I still, I, I, I liked it. I thought, I think I remember Jake Gyllenhaal. I think I, I think I found his character kind of annoying. I remember there was one character in it, and I was like, oh, maybe it was Jake. Did you see it? Yeah, yeah. And and I'm vegetarian, and I did like it. But <laughs> just to, I think you kind of have to give full disclosure when you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was one of the greatest films of the decade. <laughs> no, um, I liked it. I thought it was funny. Yeah, it was good, but like. John Ronson wrote it. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I just found it like, Okja was kind of like, oh, whatever. Yeah. You know, I saw it and I was like, yeah, it's good. Cool. You're kind of a Netflix fan. I liked the, yeah. the, the, the pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it too. I Tilda did. Swinton's in it. I like Tilda Swinton. Yeah, she's great. Um, no, it was good. But was it anything like Okja or was that just a very commercial it, film that the guy directed for, for the sake of it? It remind it definitely like had similar, like it was more reminded me of, um, Actually, Okja is quite similar to a film he did called The Host. I don't know if you've seen that, which is... No, but it's a big film. Yeah, but like it's got a big sea monster coming out of the... Just the way people behave in his films. I think maybe Okja was the most American one. And it kind of had the... It had an all kind of American or English yeah. cast. Whereas the ones he does that are in Korean with Korean people in them, I feel like maybe they're slightly different. Yeah. I don't know if that would make sense, but... They seem the way people behave and the way people react to situations and stuff. I feel like is nearly like a characteristic of his films. Okay. And, um, yeah, like in in maybe something like Wes Anderson or yeah, like yeah, they, yeah, they act weird. Yeah. So this definitely felt like I was watching, even though story wise it was completely different. It definitely w- had familiar <laughs> bizarre behaviors <laughs> and like the way people react to things like grief or react to bad situations is nearly like really sensational and over the top and crazy and so that was very similar to the house and then snowpiercer is another one he did yeah yeah um yeah so there's definite familiarities from all of them but i would say out of all of them when you think about snowpiercer okja or the host this is the most realistic not realistic but like there's no giant monsters coming out of the sea or okay, there's no okay, giant okay. pigs or there's no like <laughs> super trains with like the entire yeah. population of the world on a train it's like it's pretty rooted in reality obviously completely crazy stuff happens but yeah. like it's all pretty rooted in in the real world okay, okay um which is it was interesting to see what 
what how he can still fit crazy stuff in and still do completely <laughs> nuts stuff when he's sticking to a realistic when he's plot. still sticking to a realistic plot well i say realistic plot you'll, you'll have to see it and see what what you I think of that to. but uh <laughs> yeah it was it was a great movie i think you should um i think you should okay. definitely check it out i think you really will, like I will, it i will i will um what do we got what do we got next Gitter? the next film is the sting uh the sting is an old film from 1974 1975 i think um i'll you know i'll, I'll write it in the in the info what the actual year was but it's from the mid 70s mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's got robert redford and paul newman uh, the classic duo and uh, i finally sat down to watch it after having to wanting to having wanted to watch this film for a period of maybe eight years i've i've had this in the film watch list and i finally sat down with anna to watch it uh, last week and uh, this is what i thought hey i just saw the sting um a film with robert redford it's like this legendary film about con men um and they're trying to pull off the big con and it's robert redford and he's kind of just like this little con man from chicago and then he tries to make this big con against this irish villain from New York and uh, it's very well-known film that I've wanted to watch for a really long time but man it's fucking brilliant it's got that song that's it's got that song in it <laughs> and um, it's brilliant it's got all this kind of talk they all talk like yeah yeah gotta do the thing here yeah 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 that kind of stuff and then uh, they've got all this street slang and all the dry guys dress really cool and they do all these cool con jobs and uh, they're just tricking these guys out of their money but the guys that they're tricking out of their money are kind of bad people anyway so you don't mind and it's just fucking a wonderful film the plot is perfect it's just the acting Robert Redford is just the best uh, he's dressed, he's all dressed so slick and cool and he's a great hero and there's lots of twists and turns and you never know which way uh you know it's going to go or what's going to come in what direction it's brilliant i'm so happy i watched it i think it's um i i mean just watch it. i think it's probably one of my favorite films and i've only just watched it <laughs> well okay not my favorite film but I think it could become something like that. I want to watch it all the time. It's so fun. I'd watch it again right now. <laughs> Whoa. There you go. Oh, man. That film, genuinely, like, that film is the best. <laughs> it's it's so fucking good. I've actually never seen a Robert Redford film. Did you not watch The Old Man with the Gun? Oh, gum? apart from that one. You saw his, his swan song. Yeah, I've only seen the one that, like, summarizes his, his life's work in the yeah. film. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it sounds like he loved it. Oh my God. It's so fucking good. Everyone listening should watch this thing. I can't I can't think of like a way you would not like this film. It's mm. so fucking good. I actually like was researching it and there's this um, famous director who was working as a script reader. Do you know that job? It's someone who reads scripts from like a big pile of, of, of like a bin of scripts mm. and... Um, they kind of read them and decide whether some are good and then they pass them on to one guy who's a producer and then that producer looks through them and then decides what the best one is oh, and cool. they pass it on. And there was this guy who's now become a famous director, but when he was young in the 70s, he was a script reader yeah. and he said he found this script in you know some fucking bin somewhere and he picked it up and he read it and he said, uh, this will become one of the greatest American films ever made. It will need an all-star cast, a major film director and a major cast. Jesus. And then he, yeah, and then he handed it to his uh, supervisor, who was a producer, and he was gonna, and he said, "I'm gonna hand this on to uh, MGM and tell them uh, exactly what you said. If you, if this film gets made, you're promoted. If it doesn't get made, you're fired." And oh my then god! The film went on to become like one of the biggest films of all time, and the guy has the original thing that he wrote. Like his original recommendation on the film, he has it on framed on his wall. That's so good. Yeah, it's great. It's such a nice story. It's thi- uh, this film is just fantastic. It's Chicago in the 1930s. It's con men. They're really cool. You you're totally on their side. Um, you just you know they're just like tricking the man and they're doing all this cool stuff and it's got this great plot and you've got your hero Robert Redford and you got Paul Newman as kind of the old pro. And there's nothing you can't like about it. It's brilliant. Is, so Robert Robert Redford is a, he's like a criminal in this, is he? Yeah, well, he's a con man, right? They I don't know con man. Bit of innocent fun, like yeah, it's <laughs> like they're stealing uh, chunks of money, but it, it's 
there's something kind of I don't know. They're, they're vagabonds. They're they're cool. They're tricking the trickers. They're tricking the tricksters, and they never. They kind of seem to have a good moral center to them, even though yeah. they're, they're they're stealing money. But they're stealing money off the baddies in this, you know. Yeah. So um, I, that's why I was wondering. And you said there's like an Irish villain. I was like, how? Who's the villain? He's a mobster. He's a massive mobster. He's he's running numbers, and he uh, he's the big the the big villain is this. I don't know why he's just some Irish guy. It's a rare thing, um, but he he's just like this lad with an Irish accent who has a limp, and mm. he's just the, he's just like the villain and he's a prick. And uh, you're just like, I hope the guys con him. And they do they they're like small time con men, but then they want to do something called the big con, the big game. Yeah, and that's to try do a big con, right? Because you might trick someone out of, you know, two thousand or three thousand, but to do a big con, which is like big big money, you got to put in a lot of money, and it's just. I fucking I loved it. So that so they they're criminals uh, who who con other criminals. I I don't like how you're calling them criminals because that kind of makes them sound like they're baddies. So they're, um, they're con men. They're con the cons. They're con men. Yeah, they're <laughs> okay. They're con men who con other. They're just playing the game. They're just playing the game. But <laughs> it'd be nice if all crime was just centered around like you. It's an opt in. I'm going to commit crimes, and I'm only going to commit crime <laughs> against other people who commit yeah. crimes. <laughs> And just yeah. law-abiding citizens. They kind of feel like Robin Hood characters. That's okay. what they kind of feel like, you know. Like Robin Hood, um, you know, is a, is a criminal, you know, mm. but uh, he's a fucking goodie. He's a goodie. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, sure. The yep. th- so I was reading it. The the guy who wrote the script said he spent a year trying to make the con man goodies. Mm-hmm. It said it was very hard to make someone people who you would normally consider to be criminals good guys in a yeah. plot and he said he took him a year to do it it's like i guess it's like it's different to the likes of like you know tony soprano or someone or even even like the guys in the irish man or whatever good fellas or whatever they never seem like good guys even though you you like them and they're the main characters they mm-hmm. never seem like you never like you never like really want them to win yeah yeah you know no like, no there's no it, it's not complex it's not really complex i mean mm. there might be a small bit of you know, it, it, I guess the whole point of like Sopranos is is like Tony Soprano is objectively kind of a, pr- a bad person. <laughs> He's a very bad man. You just yeah. kind of uh, <laughs> kind of empathize with him. In this, like they're kind of goodies. They're just goodies. yeah, yeah. Uh, it was made in the seventies. You know, when things were a little bit more kind of well, I guess Taxi Driver was made back then. So who knows? Mm. But um, yeah, no, they're goodies. They're goodies. It sounds <laughs> like <laughs> it sounds like you had like a similar reaction to I watched the seventies version of uh the taking of pelham one two three have you ever seen that movie yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and i i wa- i didn't i only watched it within the last year and i was like whoa this yeah. film is so good i nearly <laughs> felt like kind of like shit like this film's been out my whole you know my whole yeah, life yeah, yeah. and i just watched it now and i fucking love it so that's, much yeah that's amazing that's i kind of felt the same way I, as soon as it ended i was like i think that's my favorite movie <laughs> i think that's one of my favorites it's so so good but i can't wait to watch this film again. And yeah, I can't wait for other people to watch it and tell me how good it is. I'll totally watch it. That sounds it sounds great. I love like old, old. It's just a shame it's not set in New York, but Chicago will do. Chicago's like, even cooler, and the scenes in New York. Okay, um, okay, but, like, sold. It's almost cool that it's because I watch so many films in New York and I love it, and it it makes the film automatically ten times better if it's set in New York for yeah, me. Great. But um, <laughs> but but the fact that it was kind of Chicago, it just kind of made it cool, edgier, kind of the windy city, shot town, shot city. Mm, I, I don't know anything about it, but that's all I know. I know. I I feel, yeah. I I can imagine. I have such a funny image of Chicago. Like I can imagine all the windy. Do they wear bowler hats and shit? Oh yeah, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago. Oh, shy town, <laughs> shy city. Shy city. I'm coming home again. Even when I dream again. That's Kanye West talking about Chicago. Uh, was, were you just improvising a Chica- uh, Chicago? That's a song. You know, he sings a whole song. Her name was Wendy, and she liked to blow trees in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This I'd film's got me on a buzz, man. It's a sh- so a Chicago buzz. Yeah, Chicago. I love it. Do you like Chicago Town pizza? I love this city. Deep dish pizza for me for the rest of my life. Do you like Chicago Town it's frozen pizza? Yeah, I, especially when the crust is filled. <laughs> <laughs> Just like they do in Chicago. <laughs> the deep uh, dish, baby. Deep dish. Deep dish is it's good. It's a hearty. It's a hearty meal. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna watch that. That sounds. That sounds good. It's great. It sounds like I also. I really liked that Robert Redford film when he's like, 
What age was he in that one? God. Old man, 80, the gun. Or something. He was like eighty years old in that, yeah, and I was like, old. "Whoa, he's really he's charmed me." And yeah. I can really tell what you mean. And even like, even when he is robbing people, they're kind of like, "Oh, okay." In that film, he is he's doing the same kind of character. He's an he, old man with a gun, which we I think we reviewed on this before. Did uh, we? Yeah, we did. He oh. um, he he's he's stealing stuff from people, but he's just so charming, and yeah. uh, he's kind of like a folk hero or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's like getting. It's kind of like a pleasure to get robbed by him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does he makes it great um anyway shall we move on we've got we've got time for one more what do you reckon we have uh, we have time for one more um and it's called free solo which is a film that we reviewed a long while back now because it went it came out a long while back it won best doc didn't it mm, i don't remember reviewing this but i'll take your word for it it won best doc um mm-hmm. in the academy awards mm-hmm. and and uh alex honnold wore a north face tuxedo to the to the did he actually ceremony. yeah yeah jesus yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. Um, anyway, this is what I thought of it. Hey, just saw Free Solo on uh, DVD. It was, it was, uh, it was good. I was not blown away by it, but I did like it. I guess like it's amazing, and it uh, had me like moving and uh, jumping. You know, when someone's on in a movie, and you're kind of like, oh god, he's gonna fall, and you kind of lift your leg or you move your arm to try stop it happening. It had me doing that uh, physically, moving a lot more than. I ever have in a film. <laughs> it had me terrified, but I just found him as a person fucking insane. And um, and I was like, that guy's just weird. He's a weird guy. Something wrong with him. But then like what he achieved is remarkable. It's fucking incredible. You know, um, I guess it's not really a comment on the film. The film was well made and it was good. There is an, um, there is a morality question about whether they should have made that film or not, and uh, I think they do a pretty good job in kind of like discussing it within the film and saying, should we be filming our friend who could potentially fall to his death? That's kind of a bit dodgy, uh, but they, they show on camera how they all are kind of dealing with that a bit as well. It's just a remarkable feat um, of a human kind of will and calmness and, I don't know, terrifying. Uh, I'm convinced he's gonna die one day, but I'm also convinced that he really doesn't seem to give a shit. Uh, I can't believe that poor girl is going out with him. <laughs> but anyway, it was, uh, I think, a good film, but a weird guy. I don't think I'm a big fan of Alex Hammond, but uh, I uh, I am a fan of what he did in the movie they made. Yeah, he's a weirdo. It sounds like you didn't really like that that much. I like the movie. I don't like the guy. Did I get that across? Yeah, I like the guy. He's, well, it's not that I don't like him. It's just that he's, well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I like him. He seems like a bit of a prick. I think he just knows what he wants. Yeah. This is a, the email was very much on your side. She, he, she was like, he's a prick. And I was like, no, he's just, he just knows what he wants to do. Like he just I, likes climbing, you know, <laughs> he's, it's like the film Whiplash. You ever seen the film Whiplash? Yeah. And then when he's, he's with his girlfriend and he's like, listen, I, I just, we can't go out anymore because I just need to do so much drumming. That guy too is a prick. Ah, uh, you see, this is another <laughs> issue for me and Emer, Cause I was like, fair enough. Like you're just going to lay it down and be like, Listen, just I'm just need to do so much drumming. Like he just yeah, needed yeah. to do a lot of drumming, and Alex Honnold needs to do a lot of climbing, and he just no, knows what yeah. he needs to do. That's fair enough. Mm. Like if you said to me, Mark, we can't hang out anymore because I don't have time because I just need to. You're looking around my room for things that I could <laughs> potentially have to do. I just need to play guitar like so much. <laughs> I need. I want to be the best. I want to be the world's best guitar player. I'd say more power to you, Killian. Jam away. No, you wouldn't. You'd say that's fair enough. Okay. And then next time someone said, what's up with Killian? You'd say, oh, guy's a bit of a prick. But not if you, <laughs> if, if you weren't very good at guitar, fair. But if you were showing signs that you could potentially be one of the best ever, I'd say yeah. do it. The, Anna's dad said a really good thing. Brian said a really good thing. He said only he could have done that. I was like, that's such an insane thing to do. I mean, what he did, mm. let's not take it away from him, uh, is fucking insane. Oh, yeah. Climbing without ropes up El Capitan it's mental mm. but then he was like only someone with the brain and personality that he has could have done something like that you mm. need to lock yourself away and be totally kind of like my time is my time i climb mm-hmm. but no he's i i there's scenes where he just she <laughs> climbs she's a really good climber his but girlfriend and he's kind of like she, they ask her like is she a climber and he goes not really i mean She's climbed once or twice. Yeah, or like she's that. like very. Yeah, that she's was bad. That was very good climber. <laughs> that was very bad. Yeah, that wasn't good. 
Uh, that was good. He and also you remember the bit where she's like, "What are you? What are you doing tomorrow?" And he's like, "Oh, just climbing." Try. And like he's actually gonna do the El Capitan. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't tell her. Yeah. And then she's like, "Who with?" And he's like, oh, just, "I don't know." I don't know. <laughs> she's like, "Are you gonna try and climb it tomorrow?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> so sketchy. Yeah. He. Uh, I just thought it was. I don't know. I just it's thought a great it was a great, film. No, great it is. Movie. It's great. It's really in, 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 impressive to watch. I An- did like it. Another interesting take on like the danger of it, I guess, is I've heard people saying, you know, it's no more dangerous than it's it's no more irresponsible to to uh, film that than it would be to film like the X Games. People doing like backflips on fucking scrambler bikes and shit. Yeah. Is it like I don't know. Yeah, I guess that that's a point. Um, some somehow we just kind of hold different standards to different things. He, I definitely think he's free to do that. I mean, it mm. would be like, you know, you should be allowed to do that. And he, he seems to feel absolute freedom, and it's where he's absolutely happiest. And he, you know, and there's other people who also feel that. Unfortunately, it's a massively high risk mm. uh, situation. I think if he had kids and stuff like that, you might be able to have uh kind of like a bit more of an argument about it but the fact that he's just kind of a guy he's in a relationship but overall he's pretty clear with her like i you know i could die doing this but it's what i'm gonna do there's no Mm. two ways about it Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean fucking people die doing like this much more dangerous well there's not much more dangerous sports but there's there's sports that are equally you know high risk and Mm. we don't hold them to the same standard it's kind of funny how like certain things that endanger your life are illegal and other things aren't yeah, that's true. Like, he could do that and that's legal, but you couldn't, you know, you can't drive without a seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> but you can, like, climb an enormous... Damn it, we can't stop him. Like, <laughs> could I, like, could I, in theory, like, if it was on public ground, could I just climb, like, the biggest tree in Ireland, like, right to the top and that'd be totally fine? Yeah, yeah. They, they <laughs> were like, is it a tree? We can't stop him. It's a tree. Yeah, there's nothing in the law that says that we <laughs> can stop him from climbing the tree. But it's mad to think. Like, what else can't you do? I suppose there's like obviously all drugs and stuff are illegal, but this, you know, there's certain things you're just not allowed to do. Yeah, yeah, there's certain things you're not allowed to do, and uh, you should be. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> what uh, have you any Christmassy, Christmassy films that you're gonna watch? Yeah, are I you, guess. Um, are you feeling Christmassy? I, I'm not feeling Christmassy yet. Mm. But uh, for me, usually it's around today. So today is St. Nikolaus Tag, which is an important oh, day in the sort of Christmas calendar for Germany. Um, we usually wake up on St. Nicholas Day and we have chocolate in our shoes. Um, Any chalk in the shoe today? No. Oh. Uh, Were you bold? I wasn't bold. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking really well behaved, actually. Thought I'd get some chocolate in my shoes. Uh, don't know where St. Nicholas was, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I did move a dress recently, so maybe he's got mixed up. Someone's woke um, up with like some non-German person with <laughs> a chalk on their shoe, and they're like, what the fuck? What's going on? Yeah. Calling the police? <laughs> <laughs> the, um, have you, have you any designs to see last Christmas? With Amelia Clark. Um, mm. I'm a big Amelia Clark fan. Uh, mm. I really like her in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Well, I would, and also another stuff. I think she, she's uh, really fun in interviews on Graham Norton and stuff. But I might check it out. I don't know. Not in the cinema, probably not. I would advise. Uh, well, we received a review of it from my mother. Oh, who went to see it with her friend last week. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay. Just a quick bonus review for you. Um, for the podcast, I went to see last Christmas, um, during the week with a friend. I expected it to be cheesy, but I thought it would get me in the the Christmas mood and it would be a feel-good kind of movie. But I have to say, it was really bad. Really, really bad. Do yourselves a favour, do not go and see it. It was just way too cheesy. Uh, Amelia Clarke um, from Game of Thrones, who I did like, her character was so annoying. She was very smart arsed and just just the whole the whole film was so bad. It, w- it was saved in the last 10 minutes, kind of, you know, the twist in the story was kind of a nice twist and and kind of um, interesting. But the film itself was so, so bad. So, as I say, don't even wait for it to come on to Netflix or download it. And just just as I say, do yourselves a favor. Do not go and see this film. Appalling. Appalling. Oh appalling yeah well that is a very forthright review and that's uh thank you so much for that review Anne is my mother's name i know your mom's name is Anne. i was gonna say i was gonna say Anne. thank you very much for that review 
uh, <laughs> the, uh, that's actually considerably calmer and more PC than the, the review that she said out just after getting home from the cinema. Oh, really? <laughs> she, I believe she, she described it as fucking shite. <laughs> um, yeah, it didn't look the best, to be honest. Like, any, I yeah. feel like you can't you can't name a film after a song and yeah. then play the song on the trailer. I feel mm. like that's working backwards. It's like that film um, Sherlock Gnomes about the detective gnomes. Yeah, that it's was like crap, you, it's yeah. like you start with, if you start with a title and then work backwards, it's never going to come out well. Th- you know? There is a Last Christmas nearly every year, though, isn't there? There's a film that fits the bill of kind of cheesy Christmas film, and it comes out nearly every year. I remember they had that New Year's one as well. Yeah, and it comes out every year, and it never looks Hugh, great. Hugh Jackman. I remember Fred Claus? They had like kind of crappy kind of films, and they just come out and they're bland and and uh, I'm, yeah, it's mad because I I won't go see it now. Thank you for, for, for telling me. I was never going to see it, but thanks, Mum. <laughs> it's mad how quick they can they can churn films. Like every year, like a few Christmas films come out. And like, I thought I thought mm. making films like even a shit film is going to take a while to make. Do like you think they're filming them in July. Not, they must be like be they're not doing it in December. Like <laughs> I just can't get into it. Like it's not Christmas. <laughs> I just don't feel Christmassy. <laughs> but, uh, but it's not cold outside. Oh yeah. Can I recommend a film for you to watch? A Christmas yeah, yeah, one? I recommend. So it's called. Oh, what it's called? It's it, maybe you've seen it. It's the Nicolas Cage one. Nicolas Cage Christmas, Christmas film. It's called Family Man, I think. Okay, I think it's called Family Man, and it's Nicolas Cage, and he uh, he's like a he's a high rank in New York Wall Street guy. Um, he had a girlfriend. Yeah, back in back in 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 college, but they went their separate ways, and now he's just, you know, he's a bachelor and he's super rich, and he does mm. some crap thing like he makes all his staff stay in on Christmas Day to do something. They're Are all you sure it's sad. Not Bill Murray. No, it's very similar. Ah, okay. And then, uh, and then something happens, and he wakes up, and then he's kind of been sent to another dimension where he has stayed with the girlfriend from high school for his whole life, and he's got a big family, but he's he still has the mind of the real life world so he it's kind of like he's transported to being a family man at christmas and it's about him having all kinds of hilarious uh (laughs) you know i'm a bachelor i don't i don't want to you know take the kids to school and stuff it's terrible film you should watch it (laughs) (laughs) it's good it's like it's just such a bizarre take on a christmas yeah it's just it's a good one nick cage is also always so kind of like you'll watch it he's going to give some sort of interesting edge yeah his films are never boring no, that's, that's for something sure. you can say about them. But I feel like I, the reason I wanted to recommend that one is because I feel like nowadays it's hard to it's hard to find one that's not, you know, pretty common. Yeah, I mean, I guess the Christmas movies become very soft. And for me, I don't actually watch much Christmas movies at Christmas. I only watch Love Actually. Um, but then beyond that, there's just films I watch at Christmas mm. that are kind of Christmas movies for like, me. Things like Lawrence of Arabia and Harry Potter and stuff. They're not actually mm. Christmas movies. E.T. E.T. Yeah, it's kind of Spielbergy kind of stuff that mm. the whole family can watch together. They're Christmas movies, but they're not actually about Christmas. But the one I'd, I'd like to review, uh, I would I would like to recommend for you uh, this Christmas is actually a Christmas movie. It's it's uh, about World War One um, when uh, this really famous story in World War One when on Christmas Day uh, the trenches decided to take the day off, or not even the day off. I think they took like. I don't know, 12 hours off or something like that. And uh, the French soldiers and the German soldiers got up into no man's land and played football together. And Mm. this happened all along the uh, trenches, which, you know, during this brutal, brutal war. And um, the film's all about that. And you have French, German and English going on in the film. It's called Joyeux Joyeux Noël. Joyeux Noël. Which obviously means um, uh, good day to you, sir, in Japanese. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, Happy Christmas in Francais, and it's got some great actors. Uh, it's it's a lovely kind of it's it's a, I guess like maybe cheesy ish, but nice, soft, good hearted cheesiness. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was a really amazing story. What happened? I, is it an old movie? No, it's quite new. Oh, really? It's got um, uh, Daniel Bruhl, uh, the German actor who's in every film, and uh, he's in I don't know. He's in tar- Tarantino movies. He's in. Mm. Goodbye Lennon. He's he's the German actor uh, okay. that's in most f- films, yeah. and yeah. Uh, it's got a few other big big stars in it. D- uh, Diana Kruger is in it as well, I think. And that uh, sounds nice. Sounds quite it's um, a nice film. Wholesome. It's wholesome. War at Christmas, but like no war, right? Mm. Um, sad, but 
you know, World War One was from. I mean, I'm no history expert, but it's pretty sad. Yeah, I mean, most wars are especially sad. What if you? <laughs> what war would you say was the least sad of all of them? From from the year from 1900 to now. Oh, well, I don't know if I can say 1900 till now, but I I I mean I don't know anything about the War of the Roses, but it sounds nice from the name. When did this happen? The War of the Roses. I think it was an English war or something like that. But it has a nice name. Um. So I mean, <laughs> the War of the Roses. There's what? also a fame uh, a film an Irish film about the War of the Buttons. Mm. Did you ever see that? I don't really want to comment on any of these in case they're because I don't know anything about them in case they're the War of the Buttons is about happened. two uh, two rival groups of uh, kids from um, two different villages and they mm. they just cut off each other's buttons and shoelaces. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. What about War of the Worlds? That was terrible. Like mankind nearly got wiped out. Yeah, fair. At least it was it was indiscriminate. That's true. All humans mm. perish. Um, <laughs> shall we wipe out this podcast? Well. I don't want to wipe out this podcast yet because we have uh, a sincere request to our listeners. Um, this is, I mean, I guess a Christmas appeal of sorts. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a Christmas appeal. We have been stuck. We at MK Ultra Film have been stuck on 98 followers on our Instagram page <laughs> for for quite a while now. Years. Years. It feels like years. <laughs> and we just need to be, we just need a little bit of Christmas spirit. Yeah. Just bump us up. We just want a modest 100 Three if, digits. If two people could just follow it. If you know two yeah. people, make an ex- make a second account. We, are, we actually are two people, and we could create second accounts, but that's not how this works. We're honest men, and we don't want to do that. Yeah. We want two real human beings to give us a follow on Instagram, and our 100th follower will get, Mark? A thousand euro. We'll get a thousand <laughs> euro. <laughs> I, I don't have a thousand euros. I can't we give it. We just hope that. it's a bot and then we can give it to I don't have that. I don't have that money. <laughs> we can, we can, no, scram- we can, we can scramble, we can scramble it together. <laughs> we can get it. It's, it's only a thousand. We'll take that one. We'll be fine. Our hundred, no, our hundred, our hundred listener will get um, a mince pie. We will genuinely find our hundred uh, follower and give them a mince pie. Uh, so... Um, going on the road <laughs> the uh and also yeah between now and christmas we're gonna have another more christmasy one maybe yeah. we'll be drunk for it yeah let's i think we're gonna have a whole christmas show we're gonna uh, we'll be know, drunk for it yeah we'll get drunk we'll have glue vine and and christmas music in the background vegan babies no holes barred let's do an unedited it's gonna be like almost unlistenable unlistenable <laughs> and we'll see you there okay thanks Bye. cheers